Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Hey, if you're a South Carolina fan, and there are a lot of them, and if there's ever a program that maybe fan passion least equates to on-field success historically, it might be South Carolina. Well, right now, you got something to go crazy about. SI's Russ Gellinger and SI's Pat Forty. Oh, let's commit pass interference. Oh, and then best of all, when a guy's run out of bounds, let's rip his helmet off and get another personal foul and let him march down there and get a doink touchdown and blow the cover. Boo, Bearcats. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. Uh, welcome to the pod and Pat. We have no Ross today. Ross is, quote, on assignment, end quote. Means he could be incarcerated. I don't know. Simon we're hoping for the best. No, we're hoping we, we have Ross back on uh, Tuesday. Simon is make the big rocks into little rocks out there in the <laughs> prison chain gang. I don't know. Not, is Ross arrested? Can we get, get some bet MGM odds on that? I don't I don't believe so. <laughs> I, I think, think he's so. free. I think he's free. Or he smuggled a cell phone into, into the, <laughs> the joint. Uh, anyway, no Ross. So you just get Pat and I and maybe Sean if we... Uh, if uh see here's the thing sean i've taken a bunch of uh you know our company here at yahoo we care about our employees and so we take a lot of workplace harassment videos like how not to you know don't harass the other workers you know that stuff i mean everyone had to sit through it they're usually uh, pretty mind-numbing <laughs> but i gotta say i mean i don't know what to do can i make fun of sean for going zero and six in the race for the case this week is that harassment <laughs> On the podcast, is that part of the show? And I don't know. So I'm not doing it. I'm just broaching the question. (laughs) We can throw that out there to the listenership. Sean, are you feeling harassed? Are you feeling harassed right now by me? You know what? I should take a beating for going 0-6. It's just, it's it's, it's impossible to do. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) It should be impossible to do. But I've done it. Oh, yeah. You're not the only one on the podcast to have done that. Trust me. Yeah, I think we all have. Oh, and six. I let me just say my lock of the week. I think I'm perfect on locks of the week the whole year, so I'm due to lose. So don't bet it next week. But <laughs> Bowling Green just getting six and a half just walks up to Mount Pleasant like it's Mount Pleasant and curb stomps them, <laughs> causes four turnovers. There's money to be made in the Mac, Pat. Money to Mac be made in the Mac. No, you you are our Mac correspondent. 
There you go. Well, I'll handle the Power Six or Power Five conferences. Ross and I, you go ahead and deal with the Mac. I made sure I didn't go back to Toledo, and they ended up blo- they were leading oh. big, but they blew the big lead to Buffalo. All you right, that's bad. enough Mac talk. Here, let me tell you what we don't have, Pat. Let me tell you, undoubtedly, we do not have this, a quarterback controversy in Clemson. We do not have that. No. We do <laughs> not. No. No, there is not a quarterback controversy. As far as DJ, DJ's our starter. DJ's our leader. Clemson coach William Christopher Sweeney said, nothing's changed there. Well, he may be the starter, but I can tell you what did change. Mm-hmm. The second half of the game, the end of the game against Syracuse, Clemson was in a whole bunch of trouble. Trailing 21-7 in the second quarter, it is looking like, like, could this be it? Is Clem- Remember I said, go go, go to the cider mill, but monitor, and all of a sudden, there's a whole bunch of people at the cider mill going, wait, I was steered wrong. This could be the big event. DJ, 13-21, uh, two interceptions, a fumble that led to a led to a touchdown by Syracuse and they pulled the plug on him. Freshman five-star recruit Cade Klubnik gets put into the game. It's not like he turned into uh Tom Brady, but two for four. But they they started scoring touchdowns and led the dramatic comeback. Clemson wins 27-21, keeps the national title hopes alive. And there was a spark when he got in the game. I think this game is mainly on the Clemson defense for a second half shutout and all that. But Klubnik was there for that for that for the for the the, the series that mattered, and Clemson wins. So if we don't have a quarterback controversy, because William Christopher would never steer us wrong, <laughs> uh, Pat, what do we have here? Because I think I know where the fans are thinking. Oh yeah, <laughs> the fans think there's a controversy. If we don't have a controversy, we have a situation, at mm. least. We have a situation. Ongoing saga. Ongoing we do. saga. Oh, and it has been ongoing, really, since the first game, or before that, since Klubnik got on campus, and everybody saw, okay, this guy is a legit five-star dude. And the first game against Georgia Tech, Klubnik got in late, game was in hand, but he looked like he looked Saturday in terms of you just, there's a lot of energy, he's moving fast, he's making fast decisions, they are moving the ball, they score, then DJ really has had a good season. He's played well for the most part. He certainly played better than he did last year, markedly better. And everybody loves DJ because he is a really good guy. You know, I mean, he is one of those team first guys. He, uh, he He's almost painfully, like, deferential, but he's a good teammate. And so people have, have very much around the program have kind of circled the wagons around him, but they were in big trouble at home against Syracuse, and it was just one drive after another into scoring range that would blow up. And it wasn't all him, but he did make some key mistakes there. And there's no doubt, look, Dabo changed quarterbacks as he was afraid they were going to lose if they stuck with, with, with DJ. So the quarterback changed. They score 17 points in the fourth quarter uh, with Klubnik uh, leading the way. And, yeah, he the, the best thing Klubnik did was – to fall down when he got hit right out of bounds on a third and 25 on what was called a late hit that kept the drive alive that got them going and got them scoring. I think it was a good call uh, because I, 
Uh, first of all, it was just a dumb play, and I don't think you reward a dumb play because it's third and 25. He goes out of bounds 15 yards short of the sticks, and you go over and hit him in a borderline spot there. What was bad was then Clemson got away with a similar hit on a third down later that would have kept the Syracuse drive alive. But anyway, they, you, you are correct that the Clemson defense was the star of the game. The flags also were a factor, but also, but the quarterback situation was a factor. And at the very least, I would say, Dan, if you don't have a controversy, you at least have a situation where you might have a quicker hook with DJ going forward in games that are close and say, hey, if we need a spark, we got a spark. We got this guy right here. And it, it, you hope DJ's strong enough mentally to, to handle that without spending time looking over his shoulder, per se. Uh, the Clemson schedule is not that hard going forward, okay? They've got an off week, and then they're at Notre Dame, which sounds good, but frankly, shouldn't be that hard a game. Louisville at home, Miami at home, South Carolina at home. The South Carolina game is getting yeah. a little more interesting. But We're going to get to the Cock Commanders. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, you know what? I think you can, you can manage this situation non-controversy uh, and be okay for the next three games, and then we'll see where they are for the rivalry game. Well, I think the issue will be, you know, do you – Clemson's not in this to just win the ACC. No. Can you win the national title with DJ Ungole? Now, T DJ Ungole, I had said it was – I thought I agree with you. He's playing much, much better this year. And it changed – I think we had a topic. Does this yes. change the view of whether Clemson could win the national title? Because mm -hmm. everyone sort of is like, eh, Clemson's not Clemson. Well, here they are. Klubnik was like, you know, he wasn't just five-star. He was top five or top seven in top the country. Top one, according to some top, people. Some one. I mean, out of Austin-Westlake, which alone, if, you, if you're if you the starting quarterback at Austin-Westlake, you're practically a five-star. It's like yeah. you, the, the competition to be that guy. Massive recruiting win for Clemson. And, you know, the goal, I think, would have been, well, DJ – performs and he goes pro and you know it just keeps that train going of great quarterbacks at Clemson uh that isn't the case right now and and, and anything's on the table DJ doesn't look like a pro quarterback uh at this point and uh, you know he may be the UCLA right. quarterback next year I don't know like this could really spiral <laughs> yeah. but right. do you take these three games at Notre Dame uh which will be a wild environment and who the hell knows like Notre Dame's defense isn't that bad at times. And, you know, they got players. Uh, the Louisville and then Miami's just a train wreck. We'll get to them a little bit, maybe. To prep for what would be a very challenging end of the year. South Carolina, ACC title game. And then two games you you want to win. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're not just in there for participation trophy. This isn't just, can we get by, like Michigan last year, can we get by Ohio State? And then I don't even care what the hell happens. Right. This is like, no, we're here to win. We're not here to sit there and let Georgia uh, just roll to the title and have to hear about it at the country club with all our all the Bulldog fans yapping again. So <laughs> Clemson is going to go, is here to win. I don't know. That's that's the issue. It is it is interesting. Like I said, Klubnik did not come in and just start dropping 45-yard dimes and, and, and all this stuff, but there is a lot there. But do you prep for it? I don't know. It's... They need more out of DJ. They need better ball, certainly turnovers. That was that was what was going to kill them. Great effort, by the way, by Syracuse. Great effort by their defense. Yeah. 
I, I'm super impressed. Like yeah. I went into that game thinking they, they can't hang and they damn near won. I mean, they had Clemson on the ropes big time. So very impressed with Syracuse. Very impressive by Syracuse. That is a, a very tall order winning, uh, not just beating Clemson. Very few people beat them, beating them at Clemson. So Dino Babers program has got nothing to feel bad about. I'm sure they're very frustrated right now, but, uh, that fact that went down and they acquitted themselves so well. Oh, is it? So, all right, we'll keep an eye on that one. Tell you where there isn't a QB controversy. Speaking of transfers, I guess a little. You know, the transfer portal is just horrible, Pat. It's going to ruin everything. <laughs> Guardrails. 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 We got to stop these transfers. I, I, I kind of agree on the transfer portal, but I mean, again, another thing that it's like, eh, okay. Probably don't want them just transferring easy. But guess what? Bo Nix ain't complaining. Again, Oof. don't hear the players complain about this. Uh-uh. Hey, you should have stayed at that crappy uh, self, you know, self-immolation of a of a Auburn program, Bo. <laughs> where's your loyalty? Yeah, yeah, where's their loyalty? They torched right. their program over and over for this kid. And guess what? He gets out of there, heads to Oregon. Dan Lanning shows up. And he's with Dan Lanning. And that offense was incredible. And the Ducks, after... An absolute knockdown, knockout, one punch knockout loss to Georgia in the opener. Haven't lost since. 45 30, they beat UCLA on Saturday. Fourth largest crowd in Outson Stadium history. Game day is there. Dare I say it was the Chip Kelly era repeat. And guess who was on the other sideline? Who had a heck of an offense at UCLA? He couldn't keep up. A great line by John Canzano of, uh, you know, he's up in Portland as the radio. He's got this really good newsletter, uh, Bald Face Truth by, you know, you got a, a like a sub stack. Yeah. I don't know, whatever it is. Really writes great columns for it. Used to be at the Oregonian. Dan Lanning out chipped Chip. Yeah. Uh, uh, three, fourth down, they go for it. An onside kick, a super aggressive passing. Bo Nix, 20 of 28. Tony Franklin, 108 catches for 132 yards, two TDs and a 49 touchdown. UCLA had 448 yards of offense, just one interception, 6.5 yards of play, and didn't punt <laughs> and got blown out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, think Chip's flying home going, what the hell just hit me? Yeah. Which is exactly what used to happen when you showed up at Oregon and go, I don't even know what the hell happened over there. Yeah. Super impressive by Oregon. Extremely impressive. I mean, that offense just rolled. They physically punished UCLA. They could not hang defensively up front. I mean, they blew them off the ball. And Bo Nix is just, he's a whole new guy, you know, from what we saw at Auburn. he He's just, uh, he he is playing at, a, at an incredible level. He's with Kenny Dillingham, 32-year-old offensive coordinator, who was at Auburn with him in 2019. And then he went to Florida State 2020 and 21. Things weren't going very well with Mike Norvell. So he goes then to Oregon. And I'm sure that was a big factor in Nick's going there. But Dillingham's a rising star in the profession. He's an Arizona State graduate. They have an opening. I don't know whether you hire a 32-year-old head coach, but he's an intriguing guy. That's for sure. But Nick's is just... I mean, he's playing phenomenally. 17 touchdowns, three interceptions on the season. Uh, He's run for another eight scores. And that offense has just been magnificent since the first game. And we got to figure out 
what to do with that first game from a playoff perspective. Maybe we'll, we'll see if let's they talk you know, about if, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I mean, can you put them back in as a one loss? And now look, a whole bunch of stuff's gotta happen, right? If TCU mm-hmm. and Clemson and Ohio State or Michigan all go undefeated and the SEC's gonna get one, sorry, you're out. But yeah. if if this is we're way early, there's a lot right. a right. lot of stuff can happen. So but if you're in that mix, like if you're sitting there in the committee room going, all right, Georgia's one and uh, whatever, Clemson's two and Ohio State's three. And then we got we got to pick somebody for four. Oregon's got enough. But they're looking good. Can you re can you re up that game? Yeah. And I think they they are not allowed to consider that. All right. I, my guess is it's probably like, you know, you, you can't sit there and go, is this going to be aesthetically pleasing? Right. But right. You know, do you say this is a different team? Because it, it it is. Teams are different week one to week, whatever, fourteen I, or whatever. I would say but, especially that one. I mean, that is new coaching staff, new quarterback, right? Fly you, across the across the country and play Georgia in yeah. Atlanta. Yeah, Tough. I mean, they walked into the Lions then. They took on the hardest assignment of anybody on opening weekend, and they got destroyed. But since then, they've scored forty points or more every single game. Still don't know if they have the defense to run the table the rest of the way, but they're 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 very good and so much better than they were that first week. So that if you do end up with multiple with three or fewer undefeated teams, and there's a debate about one loss teams, what to do with Oregon if they get there at twelve and one would be an interesting one. I think they would need also not a one loss. They don't need like Georgia beating Tennessee by a couple points, you know, a close yeah. great game right. and then right. Tennessee sitting there at, or, or Bama winning the title yeah, or Georgia getting to the thing and losing to Bama or LSU, whoever they might lose to, you know, like they're going to need some help. They need help, but look, yes. they have Cal on the road and Colorado on the road the next two weeks. Then they come home for Washington. End of the year gets interesting. Utah visits on the 19th of November. You got the Civil War game, which I don't think they're calling the Civil War because yeah. there, there might be a Civil War. <laughs> I don't know. Civil War game. People, I mean, anyway, Oregon, Oregon State, uh, they visit Corvallis. That's not an easy game. And that that's not an easy game ever. And and the and uh, the Beavers are really, are, you know, certainly capable of that. And then you'd have a Pac-12 title game, which is now top two teams. Right. So certainly could be USC, could be mm-hmm. a rematch with UCLA. I don't know. So you're going to get a bump. It, it'll be, I mean, it'll be the debate. Do you want it? Because it's very likely that Georgia sits there at one and you're like, oh, no. I, you feel yeah. better if it was like, all right, we're putting them up against Clemson. They're the three seeders, right. you know, yeah. or somehow that works out. Or, or it's Tennessee. Georgia loses to Tennessee and, and you know, stumble somewhere else or whatever. But it's, 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 it's certainly going to be tricky. So that was that was a, that was an excellent performance though by uh, by Oregon. Other super impressive victory on Saturday Saturday night. TCU does it again. Four consecutive victories over ranked teams. Horn Frogs seven and zero. They trail twenty eight ten to Kansas State and reel off twenty eight consecutive points to win the game. Obviously, Adrian Martinez was not in the game late for. For the Wildcats, that was a huge factor. Another transfer. It's going to be my transfer. I'm just going to ring out transfers all the time. This pod. That's my my subtle <laughs> hint. Subtle play. Max Duggan, Kendra Miller uh, had 153 and two scores. 
Max Duggan had three touchdowns, 280. They they came back against Oklahoma State. They came back. This is legit. I watched that, a lot of that game Saturday night. I was kind of it was on FS1, but it was easily the most interesting game. I think. Yeah. ABC had the they had the whiteout, but it was a blowout. Yeah. And you know, it was other stuff. So TCU just keep Sunny Dykes program just keep looking good. They're at West Virginia. They get Tech. They're at Texas. They're at Baylor. And then Iowa State. A lot of their heavy heaviest lifting is is behind them for now. Uh, I, I'm just super impressed. They've been fun. I mean, the Big 12 has been fun, fun, fun to watch. Good games, exciting games. And TCU's been absolutely in the mix of that. You go back that, you know, great back and forth game day game against Kansas. Then last week, they're down 16 to Oklahoma State. They rally, they get it into overtime, and they win. Then this week, down 18 and come back and win. And they looked like they were in, I mean, had no chance of coming back when it was, it was 28 to 10. And yeah, Adrian Martinez had gotten hurt, but the backup, Will Howard, came in and played great for like two quarters. And then he got hurt. And then they, 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 K-State was really screwed. But it was 28 to 10. And then they scored a, three straight possessions and, and stopped K-State two straight. And that was some that was an impressive response right then and there. They, I mean, they just said, uh-uh, we're not going down. We turned that game around completely. And Sonny Dykes, if he's not the national coach of the year, he's on the very short list because that was a program that had, had just stalled out under Gary Patterson. They bring him in, they're 7-0. and And as you said, yeah, they've, they've beaten a lot of their comp- top competition in that conference now. You still, I mean, there's no easy games in that league. You, I wouldn't shock me. And I don't think it would shock you if you go to Morgantown and lose this next week. Every single week is is just an adventure there. So, but uh, you know they've been fun. They got the the uh, Sonny Dykes wearing the Hypnotoad t- uh, sweatshirt. I want one of those. I want the Hypnotoad uh, logo on my body. I what is a Hypnotoad, Pat? What is a Hypnotoad? What's that? What is a Hypnotoad? A Hypnotoad supposedly, allegedly, is like this thing from. What's the show, Futurama? We might need to call in Sean. He might know more about this. Sean, do you know anything about this? Oh, yeah, Futurama, correct. Okay. What is Futurama? A a character that's the hypnotoad? Yes, it's uh, for the future-based programming. The the people watch the uh, hypnotoad as it, you know, washes over them, and, you know, they get hypnotized. It's it's fun in the future. Is it a drug? <laughs> is it a drug? This is code, like, yeah, like the magic some, dragon. Isn't there some place where, if like you lick a toad or a frog, you get some sort of psychedelic uh, hit? I believe that in the in the seventies and maybe still currently, people lick. There's a specific genus of of toad where you lick their back, and it has some. It's either a fungi or some chemical uh, that. Gets, has you uh, hallucinate uh, by doing so. <laughs> wow. We've tapped into some expertise here from Sean. This is impressive. I love how he's just like, that's what I heard. I, uh, I, <laughs> I don't know. I think I read that somewhere. It's like Newsweek or something. I, I promise I'm not out here licking toads, people. <laughs> I mean, Texas. Look at Texas. State of Texas. Just legalize weed, man. The people are out there licking toads. This would be so much easier if you could just drive down the store. You know, get an edible, all you get the tax revenue. You got guys hunting toads to lick. And it's being promoted by the by Sonny Dykes, one of the great figures in Texas high school and college football. And a, and a an upstanding Christian university like TCU. I don't want the 
I don't want the sweatshirt. I want the toad to lick. <laughs> I want the sweatshirt. Get me the toad. I'll lick the toad. I'll cover the game. See what I come up with as a writer. That'll be a challenge. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. Might be better. I mean, would anyone yeah. notice? I don't know. I, did, I, I have been having some sport with the, the hypnotoad thing and just kind of changing TCU's nickname to the hypnotoads on Twitter. And some guy was really like chastising me. Do you mean to tell me you haven't watched a single episode of Futurama? Uh, no, no, I haven't. As a matter of fact, listen, I've, I'm like four and zero in the Mac this year. I don't have time. <laughs> You're too busy breaking down the developments in the uh, upper Midwest there. Yeah. I don't have time for this mm -hmm. Futurama. All right. I'll try. I'll try. I watched uh, the stranger things. That was as cool as I get. That's it. Okay. There you go. Anyway, TCU, like, I mean, it's still a long way to go, but this is a really good team, and this is a team that has incredible gumption yes. and doesn't care if they're down. Now, can they get down like that on the road and do it? Yeah. Uh, we'll see. That's we'll the see, challenge. Dream Don't season right now for a school that's had some dream season. There you go 13-0 and once and win the Rose Bowl with the Red Rifle. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, But this would be a, a real chance. The idea of TCU in the playoff is, is kind of fun, and uh, – they're making up for, for Texas football, I can tell you that. Because, Pat, have you ever seen a team get penalized 14 times and the other team gets zero? I haven't. And believe it or not, the Texas fans noticed that stat. Oh, they noticed. And I that I know, you know, if one of those teams was about to acrimoniously leave a conference <laughs> high and dry, uh, would any we would never have any fans suggest that there was the fix was in. Texas, no, Texas slot. I mean, they, they they shot themselves in the foot so many times. Three turnovers, 14 penalties, though, for I think like 136 yards or a lot. Oklahoma State, zero penalties at all for zero <laughs> yards. Oklahoma State wins the game, beating the uh, the Longhorns. I mean, yeah, it was 14 penalties. A lot of them were like false starts. Yeah. There was a, it was a mess. And I get it. T Boone picking stadium there. Uh, with it's like eight inches of sideline. The fans are truly on top of you. I think one guy, I think there's like a, one row that literally is in the, uh, encroaches into the, into the corner of the end zone. Playing surface. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's on. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. There's no room. So they're just screaming at you. Anyway, how, how did it go? I, the, well, how are the Longhorns taking this uh, penalty <laughs> differential, Pat? Not terribly well. Oh, okay. Not, not, no. Not terribly well. My friend Rob Daniels, who is a podcast listener and is a, a research wizard, gave me the stat last night. This is only the second time this century in FBS football that uh, one team has been penalized 14 or more times and the other team has been penalized zero. The other time was 2001. It was Alabama getting penalized 15 times and UCLA zero. So it's the first time in a conference game with that conference's officials. And yes, it is. <laughs> It's surprisingly coincidental that, yes, Texas and Oklahoma are leaving, and this was a game Oklahoma State needed to win to stay in the uh, in the picture for, for the Big 12 championship game and to keep Texas out of the picture of the Big 12 championship game. But here's my theory, Dan. My theory on the theories. My theory on the cons conspiracy theories. Okay. If the fix was really in, you at some point in time, especially there in the fourth quarter, you drop a flag on Oklahoma State so it doesn't look so obvious, right? Ah, get them for offsides. Get them for, you know, right, right. false Legal start. man downfield. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, you cover your tracks. You don't let a 14-0 count 
get, go by. So that that's my theory on why the fix is not in. It's just too obvious. It's fair. I, that would be the smarter way. It happens in hockey all the time or basketball, right? Like oh, so yeah. there's five straight fouls or right. yeah, yeah. three straight power plays. And, you know, someone breathes on some way. You know, you got to even out the whistle. Yeah, I don't know. Texas is, uh, I think we had a segment a couple weeks ago. What would you, how would you consider the Quinn Ewers being injured for the playoffs? Right. We can yeah, scrap that one. Scrap yeah. that one. Yeah. The, the Mulligan scenario happen. is over. Uh, no doubt about that. And that, yeah, that look, they, they, they were lucky to win last week against Iowa state. They could have won this game too. And they, they let it get, let a double digit lead get away as Steve Sarkeesian teams there have been known to do. And Sark is now 10 and 10 as the highly compensated coach of the Longhorns. Ewers had the three interceptions, but they, they, boy, they tackled terribly. I mean, you know, they're just not a very good team. They're okay. They've got talent. They haven't put it together. They're inconsistent. They're they're like a lot of other teams right now in college football, which isn't what Texas aspires to be. No. Uh, Ewers was just tucking balls all over. The, a lot of throwaways. This was not. The other one was Arch was going to decommit because Quinn was so good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think Quinn Ewers is the starter next year. I think Arch is happy to be the backup guy, but I don't think there's a lot of fear no. out there. Yeah. What, what Does he have the Bentley or does he have the Lambo? Whatever he's got. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ewers, yeah, I think it's a Lambo. I got the Lambo. He might get another parking ticket if he doesn't <laughs> step it up yeah. a little bit. Eh. I mean, he looks good. Uh, you like to see a little bit more. But Texas, hey, here, go ahead. Texas is five and three, and here's the remaining schedule. At Kansas State, yeah. TCU, at Kansas, Baylor. I mean, I, I sure don't see him going four and oh. I think it's more likely they go 0 and four and probably somewhere in between. If they're two yeah. and two and you get in at seven and five, that's not very good. Three and one, yeah. I mean, that's that's a tough road. So, yeah, I, it's it is what it is. Year two may be leading to you three of uh, of the rebuild, but hey, at least you're not year five and losing to South Carolina. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. <laughs> Speaking of the other team in the state. Uh, we're going to get to the cock commanders because that is yes. a fantastic story that Shane Beamer is putting. So bear with, don't don't get angry, cock commander fans. We're <laughs> going to get to you. But man, A&M, three and four now. Unbelievable. On, on the season. This was, this was, I mean, they're on the road. It's an incredible environment. And South Carolina is much improved. They've now won four in a row. But it just is a team that finds way to ways to lose. Yeah. Don't give up a hundred yard opening kickoff return. <laughs> opening kickoff. Like their heads aren't in the game. I mean, great play by right. Xavier Leggett, but come on. You know, they they get into a 17-0 hole on the road. Like this is a brutal to build back out of. They just can't do it. They end up having Connor Wegman, their star recruit quarterback in there. He doesn't look ready. The team there's there's penalties that the, the, 
it's something about this offense and like does Jimbo Fisher end up giving up play calling at some point is like the you want to have a you want to you got to talk radio show and college station like that's your topic for the week like it's oh, been yeah. a topic all year that's, yeah it's like this this offense is like dragging an ink it's like watching somebody try to run in a pool it's just like <laughs> they're never open it's never easy like where's just the slant the bubble screens the the i mean college offenses are often so easy but that's because you need to make them easy I, there's just something off about this team they're three and four and uh i mean they still have they still have tough, tough games at lsu they got old miss umass is coming look out <laughs> i mean do they get bowl eligible i don't know <laughs> They owe him like $85 million. They can't fire yeah. him. How many yeah. of these, they, they signed 30 kids last year in the, like statistically the greatest recruiting class of all time. Some of them are playing, but it's certainly not enough. How many of them stay? You're always going to lose some of those guys because six, six defensive end sign or whatever. <laughs> There's not that many <laughs> spots, right? Like, can yeah. he keep, is the transfer portal going to blow open out of college station? What happens, Pat? Boy, I don't know, man. I mean, it's 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 a mess. It's a big time mess. And the, the fans were already upset. And that was before you do something like this, where before you lose to a South Carolina team that they've beaten every they they have never lost to South Carolina since joining the league. So this was a a bad loss for the Aggies. And yeah, I mean, you you just got yourself into this disaster from the get go. You're you're down seventeen to nothing in five minutes. South Carolina's done nothing on offense, you know? South Carolina's drives, kickoff return, touchdown, four-play, zero-yard field goal drive, and a four-play, 19-yard touchdown drive. South Carolina has 36 yards of total offense, but they're leading you 17 to nothing. So that's on you to a large degree just for screwing up too much. And then you get back into the game, and and then South Carolina makes more plays again and and, and pulls away from you. So uh, it's it's bad, and and... It's at that point where, yeah, what do you do? Because you can't get out of it. It's like Jimbo at AM, Kirk Ferentz right now at Iowa, Sark at Texas, Mario Cristobal at Miami, Brent Venables at Oklahoma, Mel Tucker at Michigan State. You are in deep with those coaches, and it's not going very well. How do you get out of it, or how do you fix it? I don't know the answers. And at AM, you know, they're they're the one place where they would probably be the most likely, I think, to just lose their minds and throw money at the problem. But that's so much money, even by AM standards, I don't think they can do it. I mean, AM had this game to win, to come back. And a good team five years in, Texas AM is supposed to be better than South Carolina. And you five years in, and they've got a second year coach and and they, like all the things. You've got all these players. You have a national championship coach. They've got uh, a second-year young guy, right? You're supposed to win this game. Cock Commanders fumble in the third quarter, deep in their own end. AM scores like 24-yard drive to make it 24-21 South Carolina. The defense then holds Carolina three and three and out. Punt. AM chance. Nope. Five five plays, 19 yards. Defense holds again. Three, three and out. AM gets the ball. What do they do? They do their own three and out. Like that's yeah. where the game had their chance to win. Two straight drives, go down, take the lead. Then Carolina gets the ball again, and this is where they won the game. Eight plays, eighty yards, tick five plus minutes off the clock in the in the fourth quarter. They just went out, and it was like someone's going to win the game now. 
the tougher, better team, and it was South Carolina. And that's what yeah. would just just crush me as a as an AM fan is it's like we had chance after chance in the second half of this game. We dug out of the hole and we can't we're doing three and outs against yeah. South Carolina. And it's you're I I mean I like your point though about like it just looks so hard and why like you watch you watch TCU and they're able to just make these plays routinely all the time. And then you watch Texas AM and it's like why is everything so laborious? You know, why, as you said, nobody's open or the quarterback can't get it there. The hole's open and then they close. You can't protect the quarterback, whatever the case is. It's just like they make offense look as hard as it can possibly And you're look. playing a true freshman, right, who's got skill, but, like, dumb this offense down. Yeah. Screen pass, slant. Again, the simple plays don't – everything's just – it just feels like you're going against sandpaper there. So on the flip. South Carolina, as they got destroyed, this is a recurring theme, by the way. It might tell you just exactly how good Georgia is, which we don't even, no one talks about because they haven't played it. <laughs> 48 to 7, they got crushed by Georgia. Similar to what Oregon, Oregon hasn't lost since. South Carolina hasn't lost since. That's right. And they have won uh, four consecutive games. They're 5 and 2. They're 2 and 2 in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, Spencer Rattler, transfer portal sucks. Uh, is leading the QB. He's 12 of 25 for 168, but whatever. Marshawn Lloyd, great running attack. They're chanting Beamer ball at the end. Shane yeah. Beamer gets this job, and there are all sorts of coaches around the country going, you know, what has this guy done to deserve this job, an SEC job, when other than have Frank Beamer as his father? He was not an offense coordinator anywhere. He's not a defense coordinator. He was, I don't know, what, mid-30s, early 30s? Yeah, he's young, young. right? And, yeah. I mean, if you wanted to hear off-the-record coaches crapping on a hire, it was Shane Beamer going to South Carolina. And you've kind of heard some of it on the road. There's been a lot of doubts. Like, eh, this guy, right, there's a Kentucky mm -hmm. thing. Um, you know what? The Shane Beamer ball at the end. He has got the program there. He's recruiting very hard. The team looks competent and, uh, you know, they're good. And look, they got Mizzou and at Vandy. They can very easily get to seven and two. Then they're at Florida, right. Tennessee at Clemson. So it's going to get, it's going to get tough at the end, but Hey, if you're a South Carolina fan and there are a lot of them, and if there's ever a program that maybe fan passion least equates to on field success, historically, it might be South Carolina. Right. Well, right now you yes, got something they to have go persevered. crazy Yeah, the fans have persevered through thin and thin. A <laughs> couple of years, thin of, couple of years of uh, ball coach coming back for a second yeah. act. Which yeah. even then, couple you're years of ball coach, couple of years of yeah. Lou Holtz, but you know, yeah, no, and I, I mean, what Beamer? It is Beamer ball. It absolutely is. They blocked five kicks this year. They get the special teams touchdown to start that game. And then big stat for you, Dan, they were a wreck turnover margin-wise at the beginning of the year. They were minus seven in their first three games. Since then, they're plus one. They're still turning the ball over frequently, but their defense now is getting turnovers, which is Beamer-esque, right? They've intercepted eight passes in the last four games. They intercepted three against Charlotte, three against South Carolina State, and then one each against Kentucky and Texas A&M. Recovered a couple fumbles, blocked a kick against Kentucky. 
that's just manufacturing field position, manufacturing ways to win. So uh, I, I give them credit for, you know, they, they, and Beamer is recruiting well. There's a lot of high hopes for the future, but for now he's manufacturing ways for that team to be competitive in an increasingly difficult uh, division. Uh, he's 45, by the way. He just looks young. Is he really? He's older than he yeah. looks. Yeah. So okay. he's got the boyish good Youthful looks countenance. as well as the five and two team. <laughs> I think it was the mayonnaise bath last year that helped his skin. <laughs> he's, he's definitely interesting. I'll give him this too. Like he didn't mind arguing with people. And oh no. Yeah. No. There's no, right? he'll take anyone on. I mean, he's got, he's got 10, four stars coming. I know they've gone head to head in the state of South Carolina against Clemson and uh, he's got this kid, Marquis Anderson, coming as a good player. They got signing top 250 guys, and he's won a few battles in state against Clemson, which is not easy. When Clemson, at this point, these kids that are coming out of high school, since they were about you know six years old, Clemson's been awesome. Yeah, you know, right. kind of, and they're in, if you don't know, they're in a whole lot going on in the state of te- uh, South Carolina for to like distract you. So like, this is the team. This is everyone's favorite team. All of a sudden, this generation. And you're winning some you're winning some recruiting battles. So South Carolina's got a lot to offer on the recruiting trail. Shane Beamer's getting it done. So he is uh the 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 name, the last name may have got him the job, but he's proven that so far he he deserves it uh, at that level. So pretty interesting. You just you just never know with these hires. All right, let's get to LSU uh staying in the SEC. We may get to the Big Ten or we may not. It was a sleepy weekend. In the Big Ten. Extremely. Again, like, it's, it's, networks are paying a lot of money, and I don't know that they have done the <laughs> research on Yeah. <laughs> have you seen the Big Ten West, gentlemen? Like, what do you do? I guess you're adding UCLA and USC, but, yeah, like, so, you know. Mm. You're always going to get a number because there's enough fans of these teams. But, man, it's it was a little sleepy right. this weekend. And, and Ohio State's like, they just play – the big noon game, like, it takes their a, t- a broadcasting team and all their hype, and you're like, who's watching? Who wants to watch this? Like, Ohio yeah. State's... Ohio, Ohio State's schedule has been nothing but a parade of disappointments. Uh, well, we can get to that. Let's You, you want to do LSU well, now? Let's do we'll it right now. To- we'll get to LSU. Okay. Jeez, but, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, okay, maybe this... Maybe the, no, all right, the Notre Dame game is exciting. Notre Dame's not very good. Maybe the Wisconsin... Mm-hmm. No, Wisconsin's not good. Uh, well, Iowa, you know, they can give you a game. Uh, no, they can't. They can't. They have no offense at all. <laughs> it's like ne- ne- next week, Penn State. Michigan State. Oh, no, no. They're and, and let me just say this. This is wrong. This is wrong. And this is TV screwing things up. The Ohio State at Penn State game should every single time be the whiteout. Yes. It should be prime time. Under the lights, Happy Valley, a hundred and whatever thousand they get in there in white, and it should be the Ohio State game. On the off years, you find a different team. It should not yeah. be played at noon. Some games should be played no. at noon. Ohio State, Michigan, noon. You always play at noon. Mm-hmm. Play it at noon. Ohio State at Penn State, uh, uh-uh. uh. You could play the. You could play Penn State, Ohio State at noon, but it's well, Fox got the thing. It should be at night. I don't know if that's going to be a very competitive game. Penn State looked better against a completely undermined Minnesota team, whatever. But after watching them get mauled by Michigan, maybe Penn State's better equipped for a a more up-tempo, you know, as a defense. But 
that that game, Nick, we'll talk more about that. This game should be at night. The idea that's at noon. But yeah, it's like Ohio State plays. You blink and you didn't. You don't even remember. Like, oh yeah, Buckeyes yeah, played again. Yeah. I mean, it was like that game at least started off being entertaining because it was like, oh my God, Iowa had an off week and somehow got worse on offense. I mean, what they did was indescribably bad to start that like, game. Spencer Petrus, you know, is God love him. He has just been a pinata deservedly because he just has performed so poorly. But the first pass, the first play of the game, he throws directly to an Ohio State safety who had to be sitting there saying, seriously, you're throwing this to me? Because, they, he, I mean, there's nobody that he could have been throwing it to. And then the next possession, Petrus gets sacked and he fumbles because he doesn't secure the ball. And it was just downhill from there. And they finally put another quarterback in the game, at least, for the first time all year, Alex Padilla. But he was worse. And Ohio, Iowa had six turnovers. It's a complete train wreck. Brian Ferentz is the absolute poster boy for nepotism as an overmatched offensive coordinator. And I don't know what you do about it. it well, you, you replace him in the middle of the season. Yeah, that's what you do at other places in the Big Ten. But do you think the coach's kid's getting canned in the middle of the season? Do it all over. Like, no, it's not. He's not. But, like, okay, Boise State fired Tim Plow, their offensive coordinator, and their QB Hank Beckmeyer left. Boise State's mm-hmm. 4-0 since then. They yep. were two, they're 2 4-0. They just won at Air Force, right? Like, you, you the season's not over. No. And at what point are you doing something for the t- kids on your team that supposedly – also your family, and you'll do anything for. Like, Boise State salvaged its season. It was headed to the worst season Boise State in, in decades. It didn't, Remember, we talked about this at the beginning. Boise State didn't look like Boise State. Well, they made a move, right. and now they look like Boise State. And yeah. good for them. It just wasn't working. You make a move. And at that time, it was like, oh, my God, their OC's gone. Their Bachmeyer's a good court. He's gone. This team's going to – you know what? They didn't. They end up doing yeah, it. So, yes, rally. you do that. I, one of the funnier yeah. columns, I- at least to me, just journalistically, I've read, is uh, Doug LeMarie. The co- he's the columnist for the Cleveland.com and the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Cleveland is in Ohio, okay? Long time, obviously, covers Ohio State a great deal. He wrote a column yesterday saying Brian Ferentz should be fired, even though Brian Ferentz is a coach at Iowa. I think Doug was just so offended watching this. I'm offended. Everybody should be offended. The Cleveland.com weighed in on whether the Iowa offensive coordinator should be fired. (laughs) This is hysterical. That is so, like, the people of Cleveland are logging on. He's got got readers all over. He does a great job. And I I love the column. It was the right column, by the way. I'm not in any way despairing it. But it takes a certain level of just outrage and then journalistic guts to be like, I ain't writing about Ohio State this. I'm going to write about Iowa's. Off- I mean, this is deep. This is message board stuff normally. He's just like, this is so bad. I am going to fire this guy. Even though yeah. none I of mean, my readers are Iowa fans. <laughs> but if you go to that game and you watch that game and say, I'm writing a column on this game. That's, that's the, the story column. of the game. Absolutely. 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 I mean. But- it is, it is offensive. It really is. And, and that, it's, think how it would be to be a fan of that program. That Kirk Ferentz, who they, the fans put him up on that pedestal. Kirk could do no wrong. And so they, they certainly empowered him. But now it, it is an abuse of power. It is an incredible 
abuse of power to me that he is able to continue having his son who is as the offensive coordinator when he stinks and that offense stinks. And if they had even a competent offense, they would be good. They would win the Big Ten West because their defense is lights out and their special teams as always are really good. But the offense is the literal worst in the country. Now below your UMass Minutemen, below New Mexico, below New Mexico State, below Colorado State. I mean, it's just gross. It's sad to watch, really, because that that program, it, it, it is absolutely an abuse of power in my All opinion. All right, well, you can get in the comment section of the Cleveland.com. <laughs> just, it was great. It was great. I enjoyed it. All right, to the LSU. Jaden Daniels, transfer, transfer portal, ruining the game. Jaden Daniels yeah, comes, should have stayed at Arizona State where they're Fired their coach and going on train. Yeah, all that. That was such a healthy yep. environment out there. He has gotten better and better as this year has gone on. Uh, those of us who stayed on the Brian Kelly camp when everyone's making fun of his bad accent and fake accent and all that. I'm here with my family. Uh, looking pretty good. They are five and two. They trailed Ole Miss early, 14-3, 17-3. I think they were down. Second half, four touchdowns. Defense steps up, shuts down Ole Miss. That running attack could not get going late in the game. And super impressive win by LSU. And hey, baby, Tigers are back. Tigers are back. Not only are they back, they're back in time for the Alabama game. They each have an off week now, and then they'll play in Baton Rouge uh, November 5th. And that game had been losing a lot of luster, but it has uh, regained some. November 5th in the SEC Huge. is fantastic. You got Tennessee at Georgia. Alabama at LSU. Let's decide both divisions. Just not not completely, but just about. We'll take a big step to knowing who's going to play in that championship game there. But yeah, props. Look, Brian Kelly. We've always said is is a very good coach. He doesn't not know what he's doing. It took a while, but they they know what they're doing, and they do have some resolve to this team too. Kind of like um, TCU, where I mean they've been behind all. I mean they were behind. The whole game against Florida State nearly pulled out out at the end. They were behind against Mississippi State. They did win that one in the fourth. They were behind against Auburn on the road, came back and won there. They, they got behind, stayed behind against Tennessee. But then again, they rallied uh, against Mississippi, who was undefeated at that point. So, and if you remember, you remember, I mean, amongst the the, the Brian Kelly weird stuff of the offseason was him dancing in an extremely painful fashion with a recruit who had com- committed, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and L- Lane Kiffin made fun of him on Twitter for that. It's like, really? What are, you, what are you doing? And so today, of course, LSU has a picture of Brian Kelly uh, wearing a shirt showing him dancing after that victory and, and tweeted it back at, at Lane. It. So a little bit of SEC give and take. Always uh, nothing's ever dull if Lane Kiffin's involved, but it's good to have Brian Kelly in the league too. Yeah, he's not going to back down either. And uh, look, we got two weeks to hype that game, and certainly we'll talk about it. But Brian Kelly sat at Notre Dame for a long time and dreamt of being able to take on Alabama with equal athletes. And mm-hmm. he's going to be – he may not be equal, but it's close. And so it's going to be very interesting. That's going to be a very interesting game in a couple of weeks. But LSU is uh, LSU is good. They've, they've turned it around in a, in a big way. The loss early to FSU was was wild. And, the, you know, it's first game, first coach, all that. And then the loss to Tennessee doesn't look so bad. So pretty interesting um, right. where the Tigers are. It's going to be a big game. All right, we like to hand out our Heisman each week. 
opposed to waiting to the end of the year. So here is our small sample Heisman. We don't give out one award at the end of the year. We give it out week to week. It's the small sample Heisman on the College Football Inquirer podcast. Pat, who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with a quarterback who began the season indefinitely out of action, missed the first game. There was there was concern he might miss the whole season. Came back second week, and he's played great all year. Sam Hartman from Wake Forest against Boston College on Saturday, 25 of 40 for 313 yards and five touchdowns. He's thrown for 21 TDs on the year now, only three interceptions. He's really good, and Wake Forest is sneaky good. Talk about teams. We've talked about a couple teams here with losses that don't look very bad. They lost by six in overtime to Clemson and really had the game, had a chance to win it and got conservative at the end of regulation. But that's their only loss. They are 6-1. and one. Win over Liberty that looks better and better because Liberty's 7-1. and one. They've still got some, some quality opponents to play. But Wake Forest is kind of like hanging around there in the periphery of this in terms of maybe a New Year's Six Bowl. If things really fall apart, maybe they could get to the playoff. I don't think so because Clemson has beaten them head-to-head. But I'm happy to see Sam Hartman back and having another really good season for the Demon Deacons. Yeah, they have not buckled since that Clemson deal. My small sample Heisman is going to go to two-lane running back Tyzee Spears. And it's sort of a group award. He had 24 carries, 125 yards, a touchdown in a huge victory over Memphis that moved the the green wave to seven and one. I said something nice about him last week, but this is the story of the American. Uh, Tulane is rolling. They're ranked. They should continue to climb the rankings. They have a victory at Kansas State. Uh, This is a good football team. And uh, Michael Pratt played a good game at quarterback. Uh, They jumped Memphis early and then kind of had to hold on late, but they won it. And unexpected story of the American is Tulane. They set up a end of the year where they could be playing Cincinnati back to back. Uh, I think everyone expects Cincinnati to be good. I don't know how many people expected Tulane, but uh, congratulations to uh, to to the, all of the Green Wave for for rolling along. Also, our legal correspondent here, Craig Mordock, made a tremendous batch of jambalaya. I believe he was sending me <laughs> I did pictures. See the pictures of that. Yeah, he was sending it, pictures it, it of his looked- jambalaya. So. Looked very yeah, good. so they got everything going on uh, down there at Tulane. There's food, there's running backs, there's quarterbacks, there's victories, <laughs> all that. So uh, it, it's, I'm happy for them. It's awesome. But while we're on the subject of the American Athletic Conference, can I please take a minute to kill Cincinnati? <laughs> I'm thoroughly appalled with the 6-1 and one or 7-1, and 6-1 and one Bearcats, who were my lock of the week at SMU, and had the game on lock the entire time. They were giving four, I believe. And they're up 29 to 14 midway through the fourth quarter. They've got the game under control. And then they just absolutely stopped playing. And I'm furious at them. They get a field goal block that would have made it 32 to 14. Wow. They give up a touchdown that's a fluke, bounces off one guy, another guy catches it in the end zone for SMU. Uh, Cincinnati goes nowhere. They kick it back to them. The game is going to end. Cincinnati's defense is good. They've got them stopped. Oh, no. Let's rough the passer. Oh, let's commit pass interference. Oh, and then best of all, when a guy's run out of bounds, let's rip his helmet off and get another personal foul and let him march down there and get a doink touchdown and blow the cover. Boo, Bearcats. 
Made me mad. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. This will increase our degenerate <laughs> Cincinnati gambling audience. <laughs> uh, you know, they won the game. They're 6-1. and one. That's not good enough. Yeah. Good teams win. Great right. teams well, cover. That's why I should have picked Bowling Green. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, we've said many mean things. Let's try to say something nice, Pat. Is there anything in your heart that will tell you to say something nice? All right. I'm going to say something nice, kind of, not really, about Weber State for making themselves known on the national stage and make, doing something I've never seen happen in a game before, which is to airmail four punt snaps for safeties in the same game. I can't say for sure if it was the same long snapper every single time. If it was props to Coach Jay Hill for loyalty to his guy, or perhaps more realistically, only having one long snapper and nobody else on the team who could do it, but neither can him. Because this guy, I mean, if you saw the snaps, it wasn't like they were a little bit off. They were, it was like Scud missiles shot off at a bad angle. I mean, firing all over the place, way over the punter, way to the side. Way out, I mean, after one, it's like, okay, let's work on it. Let's, this gets right. After two, it's like, oh my God, what are we doing? After three, I don't know how you send the punt team back out there. The fourth one, the punter's like <laughs> exhausted with this. He just goes and kicks the ball out of the end zone. Like, I can't keep doing this. My job sucks. Why are they doing this to me? Uh, so anyway, this is either two top 10 teams in FCS. It was them and Montana State. <laughs> and the margin of defeat was five points. You gave up eight points on snaps. So incredible creativity and a great way to find yourself onto the podcast. Way to go, Weber State. That was so nice. That was just really heartwarming. <laughs> Some poor FCS kid who can't long snap. It's very hard, Pat. It's a very hard job. It looks easy not. Yeah, that was bad. I, you know. I did see the highlights of that. All right, I'm going to say something nice. Well, I don't know. Uh, what I'm saying something nice about. <laughs> I'm going to say something nice about the a, 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 the wife, the apparent wife of a Miami Hurricane fan. Okay? Uh, the Canes, okay. The Canes uh, are three and four. Absolutely dreadful performance on Saturday. Gave up uh, 21 straight at the end of the game to Duke. Lost 45-21. Eight turnovers. That's unbelievable. Not easy to do. Not even no. easy to do. The first year under Mario Cristobal has not gone well. I mean, two of those three victories are against like the Thane Cookman and somebody else. They lost one, you know, they lost to Middle Tennessee. They are getting getting the doors blown off by Duke. Now, there is a a a Twitter account named Message Board Geniuses at Board Geniuses. Very funny. This person oh, trolls scans. Uh, the crazy message boards of each school and brings out the most lunatic ones just for us, just for the people who follow. It's a great public. It really service. is. It's great. Yeah. So we have this guy and Kane's insight. He wrote, I caused mayhem in the blue lot. <laughs> uh, I was walking to my car after the game and a Duke fan started running his mouth to me. Now, I don't know that this is a true story or not. And my, uh, my radar is up because a, I'm in a Duke. There is a Duke fan. And B, he went to yeah. the game. And B, a mouthy, a mouthy Duke, Duke fan who went to the game. But I'm not buying so it. I'm not necessarily buying it, but we're not here. I'm not here to judge. I mean, you know, maybe it's yeah. true. Uh, I was walking to my car after the game, and a Duke fan started running his mouth to me. Big mistake, exclamation point. I'm not sure what exactly he thought he was going to accomplish because he was unconscious within 10 seconds of yapping to me. 
guy just goes Kimbo slice <laughs> and just drops the dude. Apparently his family was in horror. You beat him up in front of his kids. Like what? <laughs> and there, there were a few Canes fans cheering me on as I drove away. Oh, of course. My ref- my wife refused to get in the car with me and took an Uber home <laughs> instead. Wow. F this team. How was your Saturday? Well, I hope the wife is filing for divorce papers. You can't just knock out a Duke fan if they exist. <laughs> but good for her just saying, nah, yeah. I'm not getting it. But then how the hell did you get an Uber to the stadium? Although not many people at that stadium. Yeah. A lot of question marks here, but uh, fishy. This story. is where Mario Cristobal's program is right now. I received an unsolicited text uh, after the game from uh, noted Kane fan Nevin Shapiro. Nevin Shapiro. Oh, yes, there we he go. wanted to provide a quote on his thoughts on this. <laughs> you think I ran a crazy Ponzi scheme? What does that make Mario Cristobal guilty of against these Miami boosters? End quote. <laughs> I tried to remind Nevin that it was just year one. Just give it some time. He didn't inherit like, you know, he didn't take over the, you know, Alabama. There was not. So how was your Saturday going, Kane fans? Well, one guy's headed to divorce. <laughs> and uh, Divorce, and he's lucky he's not heading to court. Well, he very well should. He charge. also admitted it on this thing. Yeah, so they can find this. I don't. I hope this story is not true because the Duke fan and his poor kids. Granted, yeah. If there's a fan base not to antagonize in the parking lot after, (laughs) Miami Miami. fans a little on the edge. It's a little edgy. Probably not a great idea. Anyway, so I say something nice to the wife who hopefully is is becoming single and uh, becoming an (laughs) FSU fan or something. I don't know. I don't think we ended on a positive uh, note, but that's it. That's where we're at. <laughs> our say, this is probably our meanest say something Notice nice. Ross ain't here. Ross would have been, yeah, he would have come yeah, on. Yeah, right. Ross would say something real, actually yeah, legitimate. well, whatever. Nice. Ross will be back. We'll be back as well. Yeah. Uh, preview next week. And uh, thank you for subscribing, listening, sharing us on social media, telling your friends about us, and uh, trying to find us subscribers. Uh, we will talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs>